So, you know, investments is a very, um, it's a very personalized thing. So mm. there cannot be a generic response as to where you should invest. It depends on each person's uh, own requirements, what kind of risk profile they have, what, what are their life goals, what is it that they're trying to achieve with their investments. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking all this into account, one would decide what kind of asset classes they can get into. Because every asset class also comes with its own characteristics, you know, like it would, what is the kind of risk an asset class has, what kind of tenure you need to have, what kind of liquidity it has, what are the tax implications. So one has to look at, we have to look at our requirements. We have to look at the asset classes characteristics, see what is aligned to your requirements and work out the good mix of investments so that you're diversified across different asset classes. Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to our channel, please consider subscribing to it and hit the bell icon so that you never miss an update. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a senior banker, Vinita Idnani. Vinita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Vinita is the partner of Capital League, and before that, she she spent many years with HSBC. So, Vinita, let's talk first about Capital League. But before that, what made you leave a senior role in HSBC and start off on your own? So, um, okay, so let me put it this way, Ashutosh. Um, I think I've always been uh, fairly fortunate to have had that clarity about uh, what I wanted to do in my life and, you know, the kind of life I wanted to lead. And uh, I love my job at HSBC. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, howsoever important my professional life was to me, I always knew that it was a part of my life, just like my personal life was also a part of my life. And uh, I wanted to strike a better balance. I wanted to do well professionally, but at the same time, uh, also make space for things that were important to me in my personal space. Mm. And I realized that no matter how well I managed my time, a corporate structure, you know, had its, had, it has its limitations. So I decided to move on to do something on my own. And yeah, uh, looking back, it was obviously a very risky move, leaving a job where I was doing very well, you know, a well-based career. But, you know, when you're clear about what you want, um, you get the confidence and courage to act on it and uh, to make it work. And I think it worked out pretty well for me. Terrific. So tell me about Capital League. What do you do here? So Capital League is an independent boutique wealth management firm that is run by an all-women team, perhaps the first of its kind in the industry. We are a team of 17 women professionals with extensive experience in uh, private banking and financial services across uh, market cycles. Our uh, client profile typically consists of CEOs, CXOs, professionals, entrepreneurs. And we work largely as a family CFO to our clients. So, uh, you know, wealth management um, requires a holistic view and approach. Mm. It's a highly personalized process. There cannot be, it can't be done on a piecemeal basis. Mm. Each client who comes to us comes with uh, his or her her own uh, very unique set of 
requirements, their circumstances, their preferences, their past experiences, their life goals. And uh, as a family CFO, we help in assessing these requirements. We help in understanding their big picture, where they're coming from. We help in understanding, you know, how best we can add value. Mm -hmm. And then we provide them solutions that are customized to their unique uh, requirements. Okay. Our uh, client-to-advisor ratio is the lowest in the industry, and that's been done by design so that we can focus and we can give that high level of attention that our client families require. Over the years, we have received many awards and accolades. We are six-time winner of the CNBC Best Financial Advisor Award, just to name one of them. Wonderful. Congratulations. But uh, to my mind, the biggest achievement would be the trust that we've earned of our clients, the enduring relationships that we've established with them. Our average tenor of relationships is very high. With some clients, we go back 10, 15, 20 years. Okay. And it's really been a privilege to have been a part of their journey you know to have partnered and been with them through their wealth creation journeys terrific. so that in brief is what capital is all about terrific so let me uh, move on and ask you a question that seems to be at the top of every young individual's mind where should a young person who has just started off or maybe five seven years into their work where should they consider investing equities or mutual funds you know investments is a very um, it's a very personalized thing. So there cannot be a generic response as to where you should invest. It depends on each person's uh, own requirements, what kind of risk profile they have, what, what are their life goals, what is it that they're trying to achieve with their investments. Mm -hmm. um, so taking all this into account, one would decide what kind of asset classes they can get into. Mm. Because every asset class also comes with its own characteristics, you know, like, it would, what is the kind of risk an asset class has, what kind of tenure you need to have, what kind of liquidity it has, what are the tax implications. So one has to look at, we have to look at our requirements. We have to look at the asset classes characteristics, see what is aligned to your requirements and work out a good mix of investments so that you're diversified across different asset classes. And that helps you reach your wealth roles, whether it is your wealth creation, preservation, whatever it may be. Very interesting. So, you know, your, your answer is an interesting segue to my next question, mm -hmm. which is that, you know, uh, whenever I have dealt with people who are wealth managers, the focus is primarily on money. And I've often said that a wealth of an individual has, you know, four different components. And I'm talking to someone of my age profile. There's money, of course. Then there's jewelry. And Indians do have a lot of jewelry. Um, then there's property. And the fourth is art. Why is it that every wealth manager only focuses on cash? You're reminding me of the ABBA song. Money, money, money. It's a rich man's word. <laughs> Correct. So you're absolutely right. Our wealth is a combination of all our asset classes. Mm -hmm. Physical, financial, movable, immovable, everything. Correct. And when we talk about money, we are essentially talking about our financial assets or liquid assets, you know, what you have in your bank account, your FDs, your uh, mutual funds that can be liquidated. And all of this we know is needed to create the liquidity to meet our foreseen and unforeseen expenses. Um, actually, traditionally, we have been investing more in physical assets. You know, traditionally, we've been investing in gold and real estate. 
and real estate across generations if you also look back from your experience people you know it's been a hot favorite amongst the generations before us and uh, of late people have started realizing that real estates can also be very illiquid and the rental yields have also come down so and as financial literacy is going up financial awareness is going up people are moving more towards the uh, financial investments uh, you're saying that wealth managers focus on money and the financial investments but you know although yes you're right in the last few years the focus has grown but as a country uh, we are still our penetration to financial investments is very low compared to what you know uh, let's say a us or even other emerging markets have yeah. also when we talk about wealth um, a combination of our physical and financial assets you know there's this um, important uh, it's a concept called asset rich and cash poor mm -hmm. so we see a lot of wealthy retired couples around us who have this large house they have beautiful art jewelry all of that but in spite of being you know we'll call them wealthy right mm -hmm. but in spite of having all of that they are worried about their meeting their day to day expenses because they don't have the cash flows coming in mm -hmm. and that's where the financial investments come in to have that kind of liquidity and it's always good to have a mix because like i said before every asset class comes with its own uh, characteristics financial investments are very liquid in nature you know mm -hmm. if you even if you have a, a money in equity within 3 days you know you will have you can just liquidate your entire portfolio and have it available to you but if you have art or real estate and all of that that's not possible with it i agree this so mix is important i would say not focus on any one asset class correct correct because you know a lot of people do ha have invested I and mean, people of my my vintage have invested in art for example you know and um, you know things are beginning to change now I you know the younger people don't want to buy houses they don't want to buy art so you know things are changing of course and they also the don't want to buy the people jewelry. actually you know live in a world with very few boundaries correct their world has become small they are mobile yeah. today they can be working in gurgaon tomorrow they can be in new york or berlin or anywhere and they don't want to be stuck up with physical assets whether it is uh, property or art even uh, cars for that matter you know they can just uber out and go anywhere they want why do they want to be stuck generally speaking most younger people don't want that absolutely so tell me again this is a question for thousands the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation at what stage of my career should i start financial planning actually i should have sorry to break the news you're very late <laughs> you financial planning has to be started right in the beginning the earlier you start the better it is um and i'll tell you why a lot of people feel obviously in the earlier years our savings are very less and we feel that you know right now things are very simple why do i really need a financial plan mm -hmm. a financial plan is basically a road map mm -hmm. it gives us a direction it structures our savings and investments and you okay. know as in life whenever we see we do something in a more structured way we do that a little better than you know having it random mm -hmm. plus a financial plan helps us in aligning our savings and our investments to a goal and when your savings have an end use of end purpose you end up doing saving more and you end up saving in a more disciplined way hmm. so it doesn't really matter you know even if you're starting early and you don't have much uh, money or much investments to do but the financial plan is getting you into the habit of investing the discipline and of investing okay. and that makes a very large impact on your wealth creation okay. 
And uh, other than that, the earlier you start, which is actually the biggest benefit of starting early. Earlier you start, longer your investment tenure. And that's when you see the benefits, the magic, the wonder, the power of compounding. Compounding makes exponential you know, impact on our wealth creation. And we can experience that if we have a longish tenure. So you start early, you have some assets that are you know, growing at a high rate so that your compounding is even more. And then you see the rewards of uh, your journey. Very interesting. And uh, the converse of that question is, is the older people, the senior citizens. You know, a lot of people when they were younger, uh, again, my vintage interest rate used to be 18% and people used to say, you know, I'll be able to live well. And as you just said, there are a lot of senior citizens who are who got asset rich but cash poor. Um, with declining interest rates, what happens to uh, senior citizens? What what should they be looking at in terms of investments? Yeah, yeah so that's that's um, a big concern for senior citizens, considering you know they're looking for regular incomes to be generated from their portfolio. Mm -hmm. Now. Um, interest rates or whether it is inflation or any other macroeconomic factors they're not in our control they're a function of so many different things but what we can do is use a few strategies that will help us in insulating our portfolio from any of these changes you know other than interest rates also and the golden word here is diversification diversification across asset classes diversification across various financial instruments within the asset class Mm -hmm. and diversification across different maturities within those financial instruments that you pick. Okay. So I'll just quickly explain this. Sure, um, sure. Typically, a senior citizen, I'm talking more from a retired investor's perspective, yeah. is looking to generate regular income. Mm -hmm. So it's good to diversify across asset classes so that you're creating multiple sources of income. So that you have something coming in from a FD, something from a tax-free bond, something from an RBI bond, something from annuity or rent or an equity and debt mutual fund. Mm -hmm. So that way at any point of time, if one asset class is not doing well, you know, your whole portfolio doesn't get impacted. Correct. Secondly, when you're looking at an asset class, consider all options that are available within that asset class, especially when we are looking at things like fixed deposits and bonds and as such. Mm -hmm. um, we must take into account the impact of inflation as well as taxation. Okay. It's good to have a mix of investments, some investments that have, let's say, let's say lesser tax, like debt funds, equity funds, they have lesser tax or a tax-free bond that helps in reducing the overall tax burden on the portfolio that you're basically getting a little bit extra from each of these things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Next, you must stagger your maturities of the investments that you have. Mm -hmm. um, choose different tenures, so something for two to three years, something for five years, seven years, ten years, and so on. What this does is, in fact, we call this a laddering technique in our financial parlance. And what it does is that you have different investments maturing at different points of time. Mm -hmm. So that helps you in mitigating your interest rate risk. If you don't have your entire portfolio maturing today, mm -hmm. you will not be that impacted by the declining interest rates at this point of time. Also very important to choose long-term investments. I know senior citizens are often averse to investments that are 10 years and above. Correct. But you know, we are talking about creating a corpus that has to last us for 20, 30 years because as we know, lifespans have gone up and um, 
typically after retirement we need to provide for 20 30 years of expenses which is huge mm. so let's say you invested in a tax free bond two three years back and this was a 15 20 year bond mm. um and that's at a high rate that will continue as it is and it will not impact the the current situation will not impact mm. Mm. and lastly equities are a must to be held in a senior citizen portfolio i know they are averse to risk but you know we're talking about a 20 30 year corpus mm-hmm. and when you extend the tenure of your equity investments let's say you take a 7 year 10 year kind of a view mm-hmm. the volatility and risk subsides to a large extent mm-hmm. and equity is a growth asset it is liquid and it is what that's going to give you that extra bit of return to make up for these declining interest rates so one can use different combinations of these strategies based on one's own requirements mm-hmm. and basically try and insulate up portfolio fantastic thank you So now let's move on, uh, Vinita, and talk about uh, what you are doing in Can Support. Um, tell me about the work you're doing and how you're supporting communities. So um, I'll just give you a little background of it. Uh, right. So you know, community service has always been important to me, mm-hmm. and uh, over the years, I've been involved in very many different initiatives, largely working with children. Mm-hmm. so i started volunteering with a blind school first i recorded digital books over there i assisted a teacher mm-hmm. and it's an experience i'll never forget because you know the entire class the students as well as the teacher they were all visually impaired but the way they went about their lives the way they conducted themselves you know with utmost dignity with joy with no signs of distress that was really inspirational then i had an experience with a government primary school where i volunteered for a few years mm-hmm. not typically these children they come from environments where they don't really get much attention or guidance from their families back home you know parents are too busy trying to make the two ends meet mm-hmm. but children being children they are naturally curious they are eager to learn so my role over there was about you know bringing in some degree of holistic development mm-hmm. to um, inculcate some good habits to impart some life skills to essentially you know ignite that spark of learning mm-hmm. show them a direction um made lots of young friends there um and then i started working with cancer support which is an ngo that works with cancer patients the cancer support is india's largest free palliative care provider okay. and at any point of time their teams provide support to more than 2500 families Wow. Mm. And um, they also run a daycare program where I volunteer. So you know Delhi is a medical hub and people from northern India typically from villages from small towns they all come to Delhi for their treatment especially for diseases like cancer. Right. And uh, they you know uh, they go to AIMS and Safajan and these are people who have barely any means to sustain themselves. Mm. Let alone the expensive treatment that something like cancer requires. Mm. they live in very poor conditions in the vicinity of hospital they are you know they don't have information relating to disease or uh, how to go about the whole thing um you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of physical and mental agony that they're going through you know they have a disease they don't know which way they are headed so the daycare program where i volunteer um the purpose of that is to create a a safe a friendly a loving and a supportive environment mm-hmm. wherein these patients and their caregivers they can come for a few hours spend some time there 
the volunteers and you know sort of become like their friends or their guides who they can talk to about anything share their concerns with there a lot of um, activities that are planned which basically focus on their healing their relaxation health nutrition generic information you know what are the do's and don'ts of the disease how to go about getting the government schemes that are there so a lot of that kind of counseling a lot of that work that goes in i work a lot with the teenagers and teenagers have their own concern about you know their future mm-hmm. because this is such a long disease Correct. that if education goes for a toss and they're worried and you know coming from where they're coming from financial independence is extremely important they want right. to quickly start earning money the good news here is that most of them recover okay. but then we help them with the rehabilitation getting back to school to college you know just to get them on track so mm-hmm. that they can lead a financially independent life they can live a lead a life with dignity mm-hmm. so at cancer support we actually work with lots of patients fantastic um a lot of these patients you know given the way the diseases many of them recover and many of them don't mm-hmm. and uh, you know how it is said that you can't add days to anyone's life Correct. but you can add life to their days Absolutely. and that's what our effort at cancer support is very nice how nice so avinita i'm going to move now to the last segment of our conversation um which has some questions for you really uh for someone who's been a banker who's in now wealth management is doing a lot of work with the community what are some of the core values you believe in okay so um my core values would be honesty and integrity first that's a non negotiable pride in my work that's held me in good stead wherever mm-hmm. professional or personal and third would be empathy and compassion i think it's good to look at the world sometimes with a different set of lens very interesting and uh, a follow up question for that would be that from where you stand today in life what does success mean to vinita so success has meant different things at different points of time to me mm. you know uh, earlier years it's i think more uh, inward focused it's more about personal accomplishments how well you're doing in school college or job how well the business is growing now of late it's been more about empowering lives it's more about adding value it's more about making an impact making a difference be it in my professional or personal capacity okay uh, and uh, who or what inspires you to keep doing so much i think anything and everything okay uh, i believe if you have an open mind there's actually tons of inspiration all around us it doesn't really have to be something big i mean something big is inspirational for sure but right. sometimes you know even a even a little gesture or a little action of someone can inspire you so mm-hmm. i i get inspired a lot okay terrific so time for two more questions um my next question uh, is on failure and i've often said this that parents in india or south asia i'm a parent as well don't teach children it's okay to fail we're always start come first go to the head of the line etc etc and that manifests itself in behavior patterns of the children yet we learn we fail my question to you is what have been your learnings from your mistakes so you know um i i have not really had any major failures wonderful i don't know if i, if I should say i'm lucky or unlucky yep. because i think failure brings in a fantastic experience if i may use the word fantastic but it's a huge learning mm-hmm. 
but definitely i've had lots of learnings in life and i'll share with you one of the learnings that i personally use a lot mm-hmm. and that's about taking the leap of faith um we are all passionate about things we are all interested in things that matter to us but we often end up postponing these things we all lead busy lives and we you know we typically wait for that perfect moment when everything will be just right mm-hmm. um i feel life is happening around us right now we don't know what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. so if you're serious about something don't overthink don't overanalyze just take that leap of faith mm-hmm. and it's amazing how things fall in place just when you take that first crucial step towards so yeah that's something i've used in my life many times very interesting and my last question and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation what would you advise a young individual who's starting off on her or his corporate journey so um, first of all i would say this is a fantastic time to be starting your journey because you know as a country India is working its way to become a 5 trillion dollar economy. We are the fifth sixth largest, you know, we keep struggling between that domestic economies in the world. We made a global presence for ourselves. There is so much happening right now. There are plethora of opportunities to choose from, you know, go back to the earlier times when, you know, there was such limited things that one could do. Now it's so interesting about, you know, the way things are moving on. so just choose i think choose what works best for you mm. we know ourselves the best mm. we know what floats our boat the best mm. don't follow the herd mentality don't follow the stereotypes choose what works the best for you mm. do your best and yeah, then enjoy the journey wonderful vinita thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you thank, thank you, you so much ashtosh yeah thank you so much for this incredible knowledge that you have given to me and to all our listeners on wealth management capital league and i wish you lots of success thank you so much it was really great being here and talking to you thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you